0: everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Dose of Dental podcast. The focus of this podcast is to share undergraduate dental school experiences from dental students and dental professionals through valuable discussions. Through sharing the journeys and the stories of current dental students and dental professionals, our goal is to help you find answers or guidance for your own pre-dental journeys. Joining us today is David Cruzati, a dental student studying at the University of Connecticut School of Dental Medicine. David graduated from Stony Brook University with a bachelor's degree in biology, along with a studio art minor. He's now an incoming second-year dental student at the University of Connecticut School of Dental Medicine. During his undergraduate years, David was heavily involved with the Stony Brook Dental School, participating in an intensive Discover Dental program during the summer of 2018, being awarded scholarship distinction in 2020. He has volunteered in both a dental outreach trip as well as in the Stony Brook School of Dental Medicine clinics. David also held various positions in the Stony Brook Pre-Dental Society and has research experience as a data entry specialist. Hey, David, welcome to the podcast. How's being able to say you finished one whole year of dental school feel? And what are your thoughts as you answer your second?
1: Hey, Serge, that was a great introduction. Thank you so much. Um, it feels really good being done with first year and uh, getting into a lot more dental this year. Um, it's been a really crazy journey so far, but I'm really excited to be continuing.
0: That sounds great. So why don't you just tell um, tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from, you know. Uh, Just kind of your background.
1: Sure. Uh, So I'm from Long Island, New York. And as Suraj mentioned, I went to Stony Brook uh, University for undergrad. And now I'm here at University of Connecticut School of Dental Medicine. Um, I was really involved with the Pre-Dental Club and a few other organizations on campus at Stony Brook. I had a great time in undergrad, and I think our Pre-Dental Society really prepared me for the application process and for getting into dental school. So I think we're really lucky to have such a strong program there at Stony Brook.
0: So something we like to ask all our guests is like, why did you choose to go into dentistry in the first place?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. And one that everyone gets asked on, on the application trail at all the interviews. And it was one that I did a lot of thinking for when it was my turn to, to start interviewing and everyone has their own reasons and their own experiences that, um, that they they've had throughout their lives. For me, I had a close family friend who was a dentist, and his wife was a dentist as well. Uh, they both still practice, but I always knew I wanted to do something related to people and healthcare and uh, interaction with with patients or or um, however that may be. Just people in general are what I'm passionate about, and I come from a minority community. I'm Hispanic, and my first introduction to dentistry as a whole was when I went with this family friend and his wife on an outreach trip in Mexico, actually, Uh, and it was an amazing experience. Um, They both founded Smiles for Hope Dental Ministries, and seeing them perform dental care on patients who might not have been around a dentist in years due to financial reasons or accessibility reasons It was amazing. It really um, opened my eyes to what healthcare is and what it is about. And also how it can help me become the best person that I can be. I can be doing something that is financially good for me and a future family maybe. And it's also something that I can serve the community with. And that's what I'm really uh, interested in.
0: Yeah, no, um, I actually went on a a dental outreach trip recently to Guatemala and I kind of saw the same things you did, you know, like the inability to to for access to healthcare um, that we feel is so basic in where we live, and like how fortunate we are. So it's kind of interesting and eye opening to see that kind of perspective. Um, so, David, can you just walk us through um, your experiences at an undergrad and reflect on how your goals may or may not have changed as you progress, like from freshman year, and sophomore year, to like junior year?
1: Sure. So for me, I was pretty young when I was first um, trying to decide what I was interested in. Uh, And that family friend really helped me hone in on dentistry. I guess that first experience I had with dentistry was actually pretty early on in my high school experience. So by the time I got to Stony Brook, I had kind of cemented my mind on where I wanted to end up at the end of those four years at Stony Brook. Um, So throughout that time, uh, my idea of, of the future didn't really change. Before that, I had considered other medical-oriented professions, other health professions, including medical school, as a lot of students do, um, but by the time I entered uh, my freshman year, I, I knew that I wanted to do dentistry, and that's why uh, I became involved with the pre-dental club so early on. I made sure to go to their first meeting that freshman year, and I, from then on, I was very heavily involved with that. Um, yeah, what other question can I answer related to that?
0: Um, So yeah. So uh, what is that distinction you made between like dentistry and the med route? Like what kind of really pushed you towards dentistry? Was it just the experience in Mexico or was it more like, you know, what it consists of?
1: So for me, it was a lot of things. Um, One thing that I would say uh, is a big thing is the quality of life. So my family friend who is a dentist and his wife is a dentist as well. Um, they live in a way that they still have, they make time for their family, they make time for extracurricular things and well, for their children and, uh, and community outreach and support. They do a lot in their free time, which if they were still long-term, if they were medical residents for four or five years, that would be very difficult for them. Um, so I always admired how much time and, and energy they invested into their community and into their children. So that was something that was important to me in terms of how I wanna live in the next 10 years. Um, Another thing I would say is the ability of a practitioner to do hands-on procedures almost every time you have someone in the dental chair. So if you're a family practitioner, a a medical doctor, a lot of times you'll see people and you'll ask them a lot about their uh, personal medical history and you'll make assessments but you won't often do procedures as much as you would as a dentist. So I always loved working with my hands. I, as you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, I have a studio art minor. So I was very involved in painting and drawing and the ability to use my hands uh, to do dental procedures. Almost every time I have a patient is something that I really look forward to.
0: Yeah. I think like personally, I'm still like building my way up to where you are right now, but something that really stood out to me about dentistry is like every single appointment or every single patient you see, you're going to be working with your hands and you're going to be active. And, um, it's not just like what, you know, it's kind of more like hand-eye coordination and how to apply what you know to like dexterity and like your own, your hand skills, which is really unique about dentistry. I thought, um, yeah. So did you have any experiences in undergrad that you kind of, that led you to this distinction that like, dentistry is working with your hands and um, really just kind of showed you that side of it, like maybe shadowing or something like that.
1: Yeah, I uh, I shadowed and worked with a few different dentists, uh, one of which is Dr. Heron, which I, I believe you currently work with. Uh, she especially was such an inspiration and such a hardworking uh, dentist that clearly had a great rapport with patients, that clearly loved what they were doing, um, and was very invested in her career. And that's something that I really, well, it really resonated with me. And I would say a lot of the different um, events that we had as a pre-dental society there, uh, especially the ones involved with Stony Brook Dental were really eye-opening, including the summer Stony Brook Dental Scholars Program. That was something where essentially I applied and I was accepted to do a week's worth of dental related events and activities at the dental school. And I did that in the summer of my freshman year and already like summer freshman year, that cemented like, wow, this is um, really something that I can explore different aspects of. There's a lot of different procedures that require different skills that I, you know, may like this side of dentistry more than this side, but it showed me the width and breadth of what dentistry is.
0: No, for sure. And, you know, you mentioned that ha- that happened kind of freshman year. So you kind of got a taste of what you wanted to do, like very early on, which is like something that many people may switch into dentistry, like in junior year, end of sophomore year. So they feel like they have to rush through the process, but it feels like you had your foundation ready, like freshman year, you kind of knew what you wanted to do. So how did you go from from knowing you wanted to go dentistry in freshman year? How did you order your experiences and how did you order your um, things you participated in? for the rest of undergrad to to make sure that you were set up to go into the field? Uh,
1: That's a great question. I would say I asked a lot of upperclassmen for advice uh, a lot of times, especially when making my schedule and working around different club events and meetings. Um, From the get-go at the end of freshman year, I applied to be uh, a member of the dental e-board at our pre-dental club. So that was something that uh, I really wanted to shoot my shot for and see if it went through, and luckily it did. Um, and from then on, I was involved with the eBoard every year, uh, which was uh, really awesome, a great experience. And I was also involved with C-STEP Club and CSTEP as a whole, which is, if you don't know what it is, it's the Collegiate Science Technology Entry Program, which is uh, basically a pro- program uh, in New York State that aims to help minority students find uh, opportunities that are already out there and also new opportunities in STEM related fields. So that was something I was really involved in. Um, and then as the years went by and I went into my junior year, I kind of had to say, okay, I really got to gear myself to what I want to do and how to get into dental school and how to be the best applicant I can be. So I was no longer heavily involved with CSTEP and CSTEP club. And I really focused on pre-dental society and what I can contribute to the student body there, um, so that's kind of what I did, and I really dedicated myself to studying for the DAT over that summer, which I believe was the summer before my junior year, so that I can I could perform my best and apply the following year. Uh, so I applied the summer of the summer before my senior year, and did not take a gap year.
0: Yeah, so I kind of want to rewind a little bit. So where, so I know you did some research, right? And I know that's a really big part of many people's applications. Like they're really, it's very emphasized. It's not like it's optional, but it's not in a sense, it's like not because people, you know, now everyone's doing research and like you kind of need it to just put yourself a little bit ahead. So can you talk a little bit about your research experience and like how it played a role in your application? Yeah, I can definitely do that.
1: So I was lucky enough to do research at Stony Brook Dental School, um, and I was involved with some clinical trials, mainly uh, in the perio department. And I think I became involved with that in my junior year and stayed involved for about a year, maybe a little more than a year. Um, And it's definitely something that I would say it's not for everyone, research in general, but it was something that I like you said, a lot of people want it for their CV or or want it to bolster their application. And I was interested and I I did do it because I was interested as well, but I'm glad I did it because it it actually helped me connect a lot with students who were there in the building that I was working in and also with faculty members who became very close to me like mentors in my life, uh, which I'm very lucky to have. So I think research in general, it's not for everyone, but it is something that if you're doing it in the field especially, can really help you get to where you want to be. And I'm actually doing research this summer, so summer of my D1 year, in a completely different type of study. It's my own study and it's, a, uh, it's based in a wet lab. So I wanted something different from the clinical experience and it's pretty different. It's, it's night and day, but I would say research, yeah, you can do it if you want to. Um, I know there is a lot of pressure, like you mentioned, to do it. Um, I don't think you have to do it to get into dental school, but it definitely doesn't hurt.
0: So how can like pre-dentals uh, get involved in research and how, instead of getting involved, like what is your best, what, what is your advice to approach research and to choose the best one for them, for themselves?
1: Yeah, so research uh, can be hard to get into. It's, it's hard to find an opportunity sometimes that you know is good. Um, One of the things that I tried was I would reach out to upperclassmen that I knew who might be involved in research and see if they knew of any availability in their own labs. And I think that's a good way of assessing what might be doable and reasonable for you to do is if you have an upperclassman friend who is involved and you know that they've gone through it and they've done it and that it's doable. Because some research um, PIs, they might ask more of you or less of you So it's good to have kind of an already vetted opportunity that you know might be a good one. Um, That's what I did. And I would also reach out to any professors in a specific department you're interested in. Maybe if if you email dental faculty and you look up what they're doing in research, that might be a good way of doing it. I know a lot of people did that my year.
0: Great. And I don't know if there's. We had Zaid on for the first. I don't know if you remember Zayd, right? We had him on for the first episode. And I kind of asked him, "Is there a second formula to it?" He's like, "No. There's, there's many ways you can get involved. You can do like a variety of things, and it, everyone can end up in research in different ways, which is pretty interesting to me." Um. So now that you're in dental school and you said you're you're doing some research this summer, how like how much of a role do you think doing research in undergrad played in? how easy it is for you to do research now? Like how, what how what skills have you got that you got from under, undergrad that like you can apply now?
1: Yeah, so like I said, the research I'm doing now, it's very loosely related to like clinical research. So I'm in a wet lab, I'm doing a lot of pipetting and working with different solutions and formulas and it's very different. Um, but I did, when I reached out to my current research mentor, I did list my previous experiences in research and um, how I might be able to contribute to the project. And uh, I'm sure that helped, but I have a lot of friends in my class who did not do research in undergrad, and they still are doing summer research. So it's definitely not a requirement. Um, As a first year faculty here, they know that you may not have experience, or even if you do, you might not in the same type of research that they're doing. So I think everyone is very welcoming and accepting. If you're interested, there will likely be a project that you can find.
0: Awesome. Yeah, that's great
1: advice. Definitely.
0: Um, So yeah, I wanted to go back now to the, to the one thing all pre-dentals should really be aware of is the dental school application. Um, So can you just walk us through your application? Some things that pre-dentals should consider when they start doing the application and kind of prepare for mentally, even as a freshman.
1: Definitely. So I would say it's never too late to be interested in dentistry. I have a lot of close friends, a lot of classmates who became interested, like you mentioned earlier, in their later years, maybe junior year, maybe end of junior year, even. And that's great. If you're interested in dentistry, I say, you know, do some shadowing, look into it. And if you're if you're really passionate about it, go for it. Um, So I would say a piece of advice I have would be to take opportunities as they come. Uh, As I mentioned before, I did that summer program, the summer of my freshman year. And that was something I was even uneasy about. I was like, oh, should I even go for it? I'm a freshman. Maybe it's not really something that would be that applicable to me yet, just taking general classes. But it was an awesome experience. And it was something that, like I mentioned, cemented my want to go into dental school. So if you see an opportunity and it looks good and it fits in your schedule, I say, go for it. That's what I did when it came to applying for different eboard positions and even getting into dental school, I try not to limit myself. I was looking at a lot of different dental schools, and I ended up going to one UConn, which is an amazing place. I'm really happy that I'm here, but it wasn't even the one I was considering the most uh, when I was originally applying. Um, So I think it's good to keep an open mind and to not limit yourself, to to go for whatever you want to go for.
0: So can you touch a little bit upon um, like the DAT, the personal statement, stuff like that, things that, um, you know, people should start considering before they pile up on them? Definitely.
1: So for my personal statement, I talked a lot about my background and that first summer trip that I mentioned where I went on an outreach trip and I just tried to be real on it. And I think that's what they're looking for in general um, when you're writing one of these. They want to to see that you're a real person and that you have real experiences and that even maybe that you're not afraid to be vulnerable. So I was very real on my application. I talked about emotions that I had felt and people that I had connected with on this trip. And I think that was very valuable. I think that's what made my uh, my final draft of my personal statement special as compared to like my first draft where I just wrote everything that I could think of about dentistry. Um, They're not looking for you to say like a special keyword and and then boom, you're in. They wanna see that you're a person and that you're really passionate about what you're going into. And as far as my DAT went, like I said, I blocked out a lot of time for that. I I studied a lot that summer. Um, I tried not to let anything really prevent me from studying and that included, I didn't work a lot. I shadowed a little bit, but I like I said, I, I really prioritized my exam. And I think that really helped because I felt confident in my first score. I didn't feel like I had to take it again. And uh, it went well for me. Uh, and I did use DAT Bootcamp, which I know a lot of people use these days. And I didn't use any other page sources, but I would say that alone was was enough to get me prepared.
0: No, definitely. I think, and going back to the personal statement, I feel like Many people are trying to find this this uh, this perfect letter, you know, that kind of encompasses everything they've done in their life and trying to like convince the admissions committee that they did this. But as you said, I feel like focusing on one thing and really just being real in it so that when it comes time, if you're lucky enough to get the interview, you're the same person they thought you were on the during the letter. And I think that's like really, really important. Um, and for the DAT, yeah, definitely taking time out, I have a couple of friends going through the process right now, uh, taking all summer to study for it. Um, definitely we just want to take it one time if you can, you know, just get it over with. There's no reason to like, let it dwell on you throughout all, throughout the whole year. Um, so yeah, so now you finished the DAT, you've done the personal statement. Um, how, how did you narrow down the schools you wanted to choose? Like, did you have to, did you do some good research on them or did you kind of just word of mouth, or you just kind of like, yeah, so what did you do?
1: Uh, that's not a good question. Um, I didn't apply to as many schools as a lot of people do, uh, mainly because it is expensive, and I didn't really want to waste um, the time and effort uh, and resources on a school that I really wasn't interested in going to. So I kept most of my, uh, my schools on the list to close Northeastern area schools, I took a lot of District 1 and District 2 schools mainly. Um, and I did rely a lot on word of mouth on where previous students had gone and maybe I reached out to a lot of people, I reached out to former eBoard members from our club and asked them what their experiences were and that helped me narrow it down somewhat. And uh, I also definitely took into account price and I really didn't even add the very expensive schools to my list because I wanted to be practical and I told myself if I can get the same degree at a school that's maybe only two thirds of the cost, you know, why would I go all the way with the uh, really expensive schools? So there was a few different parameters that helped me narrow it down, and uh, eventually I came to a list that was under ten, and I applied to those. I sent out letters of interest to a lot of them uh, when the time came, and just waited for responses mainly.
0: So letters of interest, do you mean like after you've already applied to the school, you kind of show them that you really want to go there?
1: Yeah, that's essentially what I did. Um, you can you can find a lot of information about that on pre-dental um, sites and forums on when you should send a letter of interest and to what schools they might welcome it or, or maybe not welcome it. Right. Um, but it's basically just saying that, and these letters I usually sent out after uh, I had an interview. And I sent basically my reasons for wanting to go to the school and things that I really appreciated about the schools on interview day and um, just, you know, asking that I be considered. And uh, it worked out in a few cases. Right. So when
0: you got those interview uh, emails, how did you, did you begin preparing immediately or did you kind of just let it sit for a little bit?
1: Yeah. Um, so a lot of schools will tell you weeks and weeks in advance. Some will tell you maybe a week in advance. It depends on what school. Um, whenever I got a email about interview season, I would basically do just like a a preliminary search on the school. Um, because I was interested because I just received an email, but then when the time came to interview, maybe in the two days before, I would try to search more information on the school and also talk to other, um, other applicants and other people who might go there already that I knew. Um, I know there's a, a few other podcasts and different uh, resources out there for pre-dentals um, to, to listen to what different interview experiences are at different schools. So I did that as well on YouTube. Nice.
0: So, uh, so how many interviews did you get? Like, did you go to each one? Like how was the whole process like?
1: Yeah. So I interviewed at almost every school that I applied to. Uh, which I was very fortunate of. Uh, During my interview season, most schools were still doing only Zoom interviews. Uh, I'm not sure exactly what the percentages are now, but out of the ones that I interviewed at, only one of them offered me an in-person interview. Um, So I interviewed at every school that offered it uh, because I wanted to see what they could bring to the table and and what I might be interested in. And um, I basically just, you know, showed up ready to interview as ready as you can be. I know that first one was very nerve wracking because you don't know what to expect, but once you start, usually you can develop a good rapport and and you can see that they're not your enemy. They're not trying to grill you. Um, At least I never had an experience like that. And, um, and it becomes kind of comfortable and, and fun going to these different schools and talking about yourself and hearing what they, you know, pride their schools on.
0: So what exactly is it like? Do they do they kind of just show you like around the school? Do they just kind of tell you, uh, like, do they just tell you like how it's going to be like, past experiences, stuff like that?
1: Yeah, so my my only in-person interview was Toro, and I loved the experience. It was actually my first interview, um, which was exciting for me to, to go in person, and uh, they did a little, a little bit of everything. They had us... Um, interview with faculty in about the middle of the day, but initially they gave different talks about how excited they were for us to be there. Um, different facts about their school different, you know, rates of success that they've had um, really trying to sell you on the school. I know that they gave us free breakfast there and we also had a, uh, a tour of the school, uh, which was fun too because they had very new facilities they're one of the newest in the country. And I think later that day we had a Zoom uh, talk, or maybe later in the week we had uh, a Zoom conference call with upperclassmen, where they just told us what the school was like and uh, and what to expect as a student there. And the same was basically true of every school that I interviewed with, uh, except a lot of them were online and had pre-recorded tours of their facilities or pictures.
0: Right. So how did you? go from, you know, interviewing at almost every single school you apply to, to like narrowing it down to just a few, like where was that process at? And I know you ended up at UConn, so if you want to elaborate on exactly how that worked out.
1: Definitely. So I guess my process was about the same as narrowing down the schools on my list. Um, I basically was looking at price, I was looking at distance um, from family, like how often I might be able to, uh, to visit And I was looking at their programs and and what students were saying about their programs and how the programs compared to each other. So for me, it really came down to Stony Brook University Dental and University of Connecticut Dental. And I went with UConn for uh, for a few reasons, but one of them is that it's a pass-fail school and that it's uh, non-ranked. And I think both of those things were really big when it came to talking to upperclassmen about what their day-to-day life was. And they really, a lot of the upperclassmen I talked to at at UConn loved those aspects of the curriculum because it creates a really tight-knit community and uh, a good community where they basically foster teamwork throughout their their curriculum. And I've really seen that firsthand uh, in my first year. And just in general, the the UConn students that I talked to were very enthusiastic about their school and their program. And I love that. Um, I know Stony Brook and UConn are very similar in a lot of respects, including class size, including integration with some medical students and medical classes. Uh, but I think UConn's Passville curriculum and the, the non-ranked aspect were, were two big things for me. Right.
0: So what was the cl- what's the class size for your, your, your class?
1: So my class is 50. 50. Okay. Gotcha.
0: And so, um, you mentioned the pass fail thing. How do how have you seen that? Like, I don't know if you have any friends at any other dental schools, but how have you seen that kind of alleviate some of the stress that comes with, you know, the information coming in at you at high, high rates and stuff like that?
1: Yeah. So I guess there's a couple aspects of the curriculum that I can appreciate. And number one is that our medical curriculum, um, which we're still in the midst of, but we're almost done with is broken up into blocks, which essentially function as semesters, uh, in which we have a a big final exam. But throughout the block, we don't have a lot of uh, exams or quizzes in between. Um, So that means that the first half of each block is usually pretty low stress. You're trying to get through the material, but you're also taking time for yourself, taking time for social events. And then the later that the, the the later weeks in the block, you really start to to hunker down and study over the weekends and start studying more often. Um, And I would say I like that about the curriculum because it gives us a lot of free time comparatively in the first half of each block. I know a lot of schools have kind of staggered curriculum where you'll have one class that ends maybe the first week of the month, but then you have another class that drags on. Mm -hmm. So you might have finals throughout the month. Uh, That's not how it is at at UConn. And that's something that I like about UConn a lot. And in general, the pass fail aspect, I think alleviates a good amount of the stress because you're not staying late knowing that if you don't get maybe the 100 on this next exam, that you won't be top of the class anymore or that you won't be as competitive or or something like that. Um, It's all about knowing as much as you can, but learning to take care of yourself at the same time in the process.
0: So how did, how did you feel going into your D1 year? I know this was like a year back, but what were those feelings? Were you anxious a little bit? Were you excited? Was it kind of a mix of everything?
1: Yeah, so it was a year ago and it's been a, a pretty long year given uh, dental school and, and all of the classes we've had, but it's it's not hard for me to put myself in those shoes again because I've been a little involved in the orientation process here and it's, uh, it's exciting seeing your D1s in the building. Um, I would say that I was very excited, um, also a little bit anxious, uh, but in hindsight, I didn't really know it was going to hit me. Um, I did pretty well uh, throughout undergrad, but the sheer volume of information that we have to cover in dental school is a lot. And you'll get that probably at any dental school in the country. Um, But it was something that took some time to adapt to, and I guess I wasn't fully ready for. But I don't think anyone really is ready for it when they go in. It's just something about learning how to function and how to study, given the amount of stuff that you're doing.
0: Right. So how'd you you learn to manage your time when you got to dental school? I know undergrad, like even right now, I have classes, but like I still have a lot of free time to do things. Um, So I guess time management isn't as crucial in undergrad as it seems to be in dental school. So what are some tips that you have there?
1: Yeah. So time management uh, was difficult to get a hold of in the beginning of my year. Uh, I guess I tried a lot of different study techniques and a lot of students do when they go into dental or medical school. Um, I tried different techniques to see what worked best for me. So for some classes, I do use Anki cards and Anki decks on my laptop. And for other classes, maybe I'll look at a study guide made by an upperclassman And still for other classes, maybe I'll watch the pre-recorded lecture. So it really depends on what kind of information I'm looking at. And in terms of when I'm going through a lot of information in a short amount of time, such as when I'm reviewing for my finals, I personally find that it it works really well for me to stay with a group of friends and talk through different different objectives and ideas in a short amount of time. Uh, It's something that keeps me on track personally and also something that makes it more bearable for me, um, as opposed to just sitting down and reading a textbook. I like the, the face-to-face interaction of teaching someone else something and having them teach you it back. And I think that helps me cement a lot of the ideas in my head.
0: Right. No, definitely. I think even as you know, as an undergrad, I guess you can use like a TA position as an example. Like, um, you know, you've gone through the entire course, now you get to like teach it to somebody else and you kind of learn it better. So I guess that kind of skill would translate to dental school where, you know, you're talking with your, your, uh, your classmates about a certain subject and you can just bounce off each other and kind of just learn that way. Um, so can you just tap into a little bit of like how the daily schedule was as a D1? Like, did you, um, how was the curriculum? Like, was it kind of like oriented towards like medicine a little bit? Cause I know some dental schools are like that where their first year is integrated with the med school. So if you want to elaborate a little bit, like how, how it was.
1: Yeah, definitely. So that's also leads me into something that makes UConn really unique amongst a lot of medical and dental schools, is that uh, we have a heavy focus on team-based learning and flipped classroom style learning, which essentially means most of our classes were given a syllabus beforehand that has links to different lecture videos and different resources that we have access to that have the bulk of the information we need. Uh, in the course uh, for each time we meet. And then in class, most classes test us on our knowledge and ability to take that information we already reviewed alone or with friends and put it into practice. Um, so it's, it's very different from a lot of dental schools, uh, at least for the first year and a half. Um, because for the first year and the second year up until Thanksgiving, we're very integrated with the med school and we have medical students in most of our classes. Um, So a typical day, I guess, in in the life of a D1 is maybe one or two classes uh, for between an hour and a half and two hours at a time. And then you go home and prepare for the next class for most of the rest of the workday, I would say. Um, So a lot of my time was spent in classrooms with just my peers, with other friends talking through what we're gonna to do tomorrow in class or just watching videos and, and doing Ocudex. So it, it's very different, but I would say the, the curriculum does help you cement a lot of things in your head, maybe better than if you were just sitting there being lectured to most of the day.
0: Yeah, so you talked about the flipped classroom setting and we actually, I'm actually in one of those classes now. Um, I've actually never had one of those classes but I think it's a really good way to kind of get to know your classmates and also just, you kind of learn the material better just because, um, you know, you're the one that has to formulate the, the, the thought process and like actually speaking about it, which is really like important. Um, so it seems like most, most of D D1 year is kind of just like learning and things like that. Um, do you know when you guys are gonna touch hand pieces and like just kind of get into the more clinical side of it?
1: Yeah, so we started in free clinic in the spring of our first year. Uh, where we start with dental morphology and making wax ups of teeth, and then we end up drilling and filling on typhodonts. Um, And then spring of our second year is when we start having our own patients in clinic and doing cleanings and and all of that fun stuff. So we do start preclinical in the second half of our first year, and as do a lot of other dental schools who have a similar integration with with medical schools. Uh, And that may be a little late for other dental schools, but um it's what works for our school mm-hmm.
0: nice so what are you I know your semester must have just started right
1: uh, so we're actually back next week
0: next week okay so um, like what are your goals and what are you guys like planning on doing this year if you guys know
1: yeah so we are finishing with the medical curriculum almost entirely by Thanksgiving uh, and at the same time we have a couple of dental classes um, throughout the fall including our second uh, restorative dentistry class where we'll be doing other types of uh, drillings and fillings and uh, after that we're mostly in dental classes every day and for those a lot of them are not flipped classrooms, so there'll be a little more traditional style classroom settings where we come in um, from like 8 to 12 and, and we have a, a lecture right. um, and then after that as I mentioned in the spring we get to start working on patients which is right around the corner.
0: <laughs> right. Are you a little nervous or working on a patient in term, in, in uh, as opposed to like a mannequin or something like that?
1: I would say I'm really excited. Uh, one of my favorite aspects of dentistry is human interaction. Right. So I, I really liked uh, meeting and talking to patients when I was shadowing and working in a dental office. And I'm really looking forward to doing that again um, and trying to hone in my hand skills before that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I think, like, one thing you might experience is, like, how, you know, I think Dr. Doctor Diana Kim from Sony Burke, she's in residency right now at Sony Burke University at the dental school, and she, uh, one thing she said was, like, um, a restoration on a mannequin, they teach you how to do it one way, but then, like, when you actually get into, like, a patient's mouth, it's not going to be the same, and she was, like, the way to learn is through failing, and, like, the more you fail, the better you'll be, and she said that, Um, in some instances, she hasn't, she felt like she hadn't failed enough in dental school so that when she actually got to, you know, actual patients, she needs to rely on other coworkers and kind of collaborate and trying to figure out how to get around these obstacles. Um, so I don't know, that might be something you might have to face in the future. Um, so I guess fail as much as you can (laughs) while you're in dental school right now.
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like that's already true in the preclinical stuff, uh, in general, but that's something I, I look forward to.
0: So I kind of want to go back a little bit again. So what was your biggest obstacle during undergrad and what kind of mindset do you feel like pre-dentals should start developing uh, as they go through this whole process?
1: Um, I would say one obstacle that I faced in undergrad was feeling like I wasn't doing enough. Mm -hmm. Um, It can be pretty intimidating when you see other applicants around you or even just friends who are really into different clubs and different publications. And maybe they're already... It working in a lab, I think that can be scary. Um, and that is something that I would advise people not to worry about too much. Um, and instead, definitely take opportunities when they're available to you and when you can handle them and make sure it's something that you can invest your time in. And if it's something that just maybe you're not getting out of it what you think you you could, um, move on to something else and see if that's something that you're passionate about. So I would I would say, yeah, just don't get bogged down in the details. Just keep an open mind and and do your best in the things that you like.
0: Right. And I think a lot of times, even personally, like I feel like if I'm just sitting around or something, just relaxing, I feel like I'm not doing anything in that moment to get me closer to applying to dental school, which can be like a bad thing to think to like have in your mind because you need that time to like relax and just kind of be yourself and do things you, you enjoy to do. So like what kind of things do you like to do? Um, you know, besides industry? Uh,
1: yeah, so I, I would say I, like I mentioned, I have a, a steer art minor, so I really like artwork and making artwork and appreciating artwork, um, so that's one thing uh, that I like. Uh, I also, in general, am very much a people person. Uh, I really like going to social events and and get-togethers and parties and Uh, being involved in outreach things uh, and volunteer events so I try to keep myself busy in that way and and that's because that's how I recharge and that might not be how you recharge or someone else does and that's fine you got to do whatever keeps you afloat (laughs) so I like doing that Um, I like artworks a lot I like uh, movies and tv shows I'm a really big film buff so um, I can probably name a lot of random useless facts about movies uh, and I also just like to play video games and, and whatnot. So there's a lot.
0: Right. So one last question about UConn. How is the, you know, how was the environment over there? Like how are people like, how is living there? How was the entire experience of moving to Connecticut?
1: Yeah, so it was a, it was a big change for me because I lived on Long Island all my life and I commuted to Stony Brook. So it was really different. And at first I would say I was definitely nervous about, being in a new environment and not knowing anyone and uh, starting this new rigorous program. But I would say everyone was super welcoming. Everyone was so nice. My classmates are all amazing. Um, I think that's one of the strongest things about our school is is the applicants that they pick. A lot of them uh, are now some of my best friends. And that's something that I really cherish and I feel like I'm lucky to be a part of here at UConn. So I'm happy to be here. A lot of my dental faculty in, in particular are wonderful and will take the time to explain things to you and uh, are very approachable in their off hours. So I, I would say my experience has been great.
0: So what are, your, what are your future goals now from here? What do you think you're going to be in a couple of years um, in terms of specialization or like, uh, you know, wh- where do you see yourself going from here?
1: Yeah, so in second year, I'm hoping to do a lot more shadowing of different specialties uh, because that's something I really want to be exposed to before I start gearing towards one specific specialty. So I'm keeping an open mind. Uh, I'm really interested in general dentistry. And that may be because I was around a a couple general dentists when I was shadowing. So um, I'm interested in that, but I'm also interested in perio and endo and pediatric, uh, just because I think that would be really fun. So I'm keeping an open mind and I'm going to try to find out what I like most.
0: Sounds good. It's good to hear that even someone who's already in dental school still has some things to do and just kind of working towards
1: the other part of your life. So that's really exciting and happy for you.
0: Um, So wrapping up here, how can uh, Pretentals reach out to you for any further advice or questions? Uh,
1: Definitely. So you can feel free to reach out to me at my email, which is just my name, David Cruzati at at, um, gmail.com. And uh, I'm available on Facebook. I'm on Instagram, uh, which is also just my name with a period in the middle. Um, And I'm always open to to giving advice or talking to people.
0: All right. So that sounds good. So that concludes our episode of the Dosa Dental podcast. Thank you, David, for joining me and sharing your experiences at D1. Your insight was definitely very valuable, and I hope our pre-dental listeners will feel the same. Everyone, please feel free to reach out to David at his socials if you have any further questions. And lastly, I thank everyone for listening. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to follow us on Instagram and Spotify and all platforms. We will see you next time for another dose